come back. So, this is it, huh? finishing touch. Nayanam Galadasu Dariya Vadanam Gadgada Rudya Gira Pulake Nichitam Vapukada Tavanama Grani Bavishati My dear Lord, when will my eyes be beautified by filling with tears that constantly glide down as I chant your holy names? When will my voice falter? All the hairs on my body stand erect in transcendental happiness as I chant your holy name. So there are some verses that comment on it um, in the next verse, which is not sixastikam, but a, a commentary here. Without love of Godhead, my life is useless. Therefore, I pray that you accept me as your servant and give me the salary of ecstatic love of God. Separation from Krishna woke various mellows of distress, lamentation, and humility. Thus Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spoke like a crazy man. Yugyaitam nimisena sakshusapravisaitam sunjaitadagatsavam govindavirahename My Lord Govinda, because of separation from you, I consider even a moment a great millennium. Tears flow from my eyes like torrents of rain, and I see the entire world as void. And then where's the next one? Here. Aslishiva padaratam pinastamam madarsanam amatam karutuva yatatatava viridatalam patomat prananatas to sevanapara. Let Krishna tightly embrace this maidservant who has fallen at his lotus feet, or let him trample me, or, make, or break my heart by never being visible to me. 
He's a debauchee after all and can do whatever he likes. But still he alone and no one else is the worshipable Lord of my heart. So these are the last three verses of the, uh, of the uh, success to come. And um, all three are dealing with the topic of, uh, of, uh, of separation, uh, love of God in separation. And uh, I thought from Chaitanya Bhagavata I'll read something. After accepting sannyas, the Lord of Vaikuntha spent the night in Kantak Nagar or Katva. Immediately after the Lord accepted sannyas, he instructed Mukunda to perform kirtan. The Lord called out, Chant, chant, and began to dance. His servants surrounded him and all began to sing. It is impossible to describe the unlimited transformations of ecstatic love like heavy breathing, laughing, perspiring, trembling hair standing on end, and roaring that manifested in the Lord. The Lord's loud roaring sounded like that of ten million lions. Everyone became frightened as he crashed to the ground. The Lord of Vaikuntha lost his tanda in Kamandalu as he became intoxicated in his own love. While dancing, the Lord grabbed his spiritual master and embraced him with great satisfaction. Having received the Lord's merciful embrace, Kesava Bharati became filled with ecstatic love. Throwing his danda in Kamandlu away, the fortunate Kesava Bharati danced and chanted Hari, Hari. Kesava Bharati is the sannyas guru of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And actually what happened was, at the time of the sannyas initiation, Kesava Bharati said to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, last night I had a dream. And in that, in that dream, uh, I, I gave you sannyas. And as I gave you sannyas, I used the following mantras. Is that, is that correct? And then Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, yes. Uh, yes, those are the correct mantras. So in this way, uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually authorized case of Abharati and gave him the mantra, so to speak. So, uh, in that way, um, he was really the guru and not the disciple, uh, because it was just, it was a sannyasi initiation. And then, uh, now it is immediately after. So, case of Abharati was a very serious uh, sannyasi you know, very respectable and so on. But when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, embraced him, then he became ecstatic and he threw his danda in Kamandalu, that is the water pot that sannyasis traditionally carried. He threw it away and started like dancing in great ecstasy. On seeing the Lord bestow mercy on case of Abharati, everyone loudly chanted the name of Hari. As the Lord happily danced with his guru, the Lord's servants all sang with great pleasure. 
the best of sannyasis, dense with that personalities whom the four Vedas are unable to see through meditation. I repeatedly offer my obeisances at the feet of Kesava Bharati, whose disciple is the Lord of innumerable universes. In the morning, the Lord exhibited external consciousness. He approached his guru for permission to leave. I must enter the forest to search for Sri Krishna Chandra, the Lord of my life. His guru replied, I will go with you. I will stay with you and relish the ecstasy of Sankirtan. The Lord mercifully allowed him to accompany him. Keeping his guru in front, the Lord departed for the forest. Then Gorahari embraced Chandrasekhar Acharya and began to cry loudly. Go home and inform all the Vaishnavas that I'm going to the forest. Return home without feeling remorse, for I'm always bound within your heart. You're my father and I'm your son. You're my beloved associate, birth after birth. Mm. So actually, Chandrasekhar Acharya is known as is Lord Chaitanya's maternal uncle. The house of Chandrasekhar Acharya in Mayapur is just behind the house of Srivas. And there's a path which goes away from the main road and a bit in, and there's the house of Chandrasekhar Acharya. And Lord Chaitanya also did many times kirtans in the house of Advaita Acharya. So because Advaita Acharya is like the maternal uncle, he naturally had like a relationship of vatsalyaras or parental affection for Nimai. Uh, because after all, uh, he grew, you know, he saw him from, from childhood. So therefore, Lord Chaitanya, to reciprocate with that, as he was, had taken sannyas, he's sending Chandrasekhar home. So he's sending, Chandrasekhar was there somehow or other. But now he sends him back to the devotees. Uh, and he says, uh, therefore he says to him, you are my father and I'm your son. You're my beloved associate, birth after birth. Uh, after speaking in this way, the Lord departed and Chandrasekhar fell unconscious to the ground. The inconceivable potencies of Krishna cannot be understood. Therefore, even in that state of separation, he survived. After shortly, therefore, regaining his external consciousness, Sri Chandrasekhar immediately left for Navadvip. When Sri Chandrasekhar arrived in Navadvip, he told everyone, the Lord has taken sannyas. Now, in the uh, Chitanda Chandradoy Natak, uh, I, I think I already referred to it before, a play with some 70 actors, a bona fide uh, biography of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu according to Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. So there it is described as follows. It is said that the devotees, they were performing kirtan in the house of Srivas in the night. But these kirtans, they would go on sometimes for eight hours, nine hours, the whole night. And the kirtan would go on. So one devotee was a little tired that particular night. So he had gone off into the house somewhere and found himself a corner and went to sleep while the kirtan continued. Then when he woke up, right, the house was empty. Everyone was gone. So... Okay, you know, he, he walked out into the street and then met one of the devotees. And the devotees said to him, said, the Lord is gone. He said, yes, yes, everybody is gone. The Lord is gone and everybody else is also gone. Huh? But then 
but did he mean something else? The Lord is gone? Did he maybe mean, did he mean that the Lord is gone, that he's really gone? And the Lord was really gone. The Lord had left. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had left and all the devotees were in, in, well, in a state of like total, total distress. And actually it said they would have given up their lives. But the only reason why they didn't give up their life was what if he comes back? What if he comes back and we would have died? That would have been too too foolish, no. Therefore, they were living, it says, only by the rope of hope. They're hanging on this rope of hope. Uh, that maybe he'll come back. So, then, they were kind of, only after some time, they realized that two personalities were also missing. And that was Nichananda and Chandrasekhar. Chandrasekhar is also known as Acharya Ratna, or the jewel among the Acharyas. So Acharya Ratna. So in the Chaitanya Chandrayanatak, he's called Acharya Ratna. It says Acharya Ratna came back. Lord Chaitanya had sent him back. And as he's walking towards the devotees, he's speaking out loud to himself, why did I leave him? Why did I obey his order? Why did I not just follow him? Why did I? And he kept on repeating that. Why did I just go when he said to go? Then he comes. And the devotee said, Achaya Ratna, Achaya Ratna, where is the Lord? Achaya Ratna said, I, I cannot say. The devotee said, What? <laughs> you will say. Right. So finally they forced him to say, and I. Acharya Ratna covered his mouth and he said, <laughs> And everyone understood it. Everyone understood it. Sannyas. No. He took sannyas. Now we continue with the, uh, with the Chaitanya Bhagavad. When Sri Chandrasekhar Acharya arrived in Navatip, VP told everyone, the Lord has taken sannyas. On hearing this news from Sishandajekar, all the devotees began to cry pathetically. Even if I had millions of mouths, I would be unable to describe their lamentation and repentance. Advaita Prabhu said, I cannot remain alive. On hearing his cry, even stone and wood melted. As soon as Advaita heard this news, he fell unconscious to the ground with no sound, sign of life remaining in his body. In lamentation, Mother Sachi became stunned. She stood there like an artificial doll. The devotees' wives and other chaste ladies fell to the ground crying. Advaita Prabhu said, what is the use of this life when such a Lord has left me? Today I will certainly drown myself in the Ganges. People will stop me during the day, so I will go at night. In this way, the hearts of all the devotees were agitated with feelings of separation. They could not find any means to pacify their hearts, so they constantly desired to give up their lives. Although they were almost sober, none of them were able to pacify one another. When the devotees all resolved to give up their bodies, they heard solacing words from a voice in the sky. 
All devotees headed by Advaita, do not feel saddened. You should all happily engage in the worship of Lord Krishna. The Lord will return and meet you in two or four days. Therefore, do not think about giving up your bodies. You will again enjoy pastimes with the Lord like before. After hearing the voice from the sky, all the devotees gave up their plans to commit suicide. Chaitanya Chandraroy Natak is different in, on this detail again. Chaitanya Chandraroy Natak is saying that after Chandrasekhar or Acharya Ratna had said, the Lord the devotees were overwhelmed by great feelings of separation. And then what happened is, is that he said, but I have a message from Lord Nichananda for Advaita Acharya. And then he said, Lord Nichananda says that somehow or other he will bring the Lord to the house of Advaita Acharya. When Advaita Acharya heard it, Advaita Acharya called out, Nichananda, 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 what a friend, what a friend, what a friend, he has conquered me. So, uh, I like that. You know, of course, there are two different versions. One is a celestial voice and the other one is a message from Nichananda. On details, these accounts maybe may differ. But the point, though, about friendship I like because here friendship is not a cheap thing. Friendship is not just existing by declaration, but friendship is such that one has to, to conquer. One has to do something, something that someone else really, really likes, you know, so that they'll never forget. Like, then we conquer. So this is very interesting. It's the nature of relationship. Uh, cannot take it for granted. Uh, we see, like, you know, before the marriage, everyone's on his best, right? The guy holds his breath, you know, so that, like, you know, he looks slim and beautiful, right? And so on. And she's always charming and sweet, right? But once the ring is on the finger, it's different. Because now, now you're obliged. Uh, so, it's your duty. Of course, I'm, I'm not trying to create some sort of stereotype uh, personalities here, but you understand that the dynamics change, though. But truly, in any relationship, one must always conquer. This is the nature of the relationship with Krishna. That with Krishna, one can never think or never say, now I've done so much service. Now I've chanted so much. You know, I've chanted and chanted and chanted and chanted and chanted. You know what I mean? I chanted, you know, if you knew how much I chanted, you know, I chanted for years, yeah. And therefore, 
you know, Krishna, I've got him under my control. Yeah. And Krishna's there. I only have to whistle and Krishna will appear. Uh, mm -mm. Not like that. Uh, even although one may feel Krishna is mine, Mamata, Krishna is mine. So at first one comes to the stage, I am Krishna's. Then one comes to the stage, Krishna is mine. But even with that feeling, Krishna is mine. He is described here as a debauchee, as lampato. That means you can't, you can't rely on him. Oh no, he can disappear any moment. And he does. Right. Because never ever can we take Krishna for granted. We can never rest on our laurels. Never, I have done, Prabhu, I have done so much service, you know, so much, you know. Yeah. Now I'm there. I've made it now, you know. I'm a liberated soul now as a result from all this service. No. One has to always earn Krishna again, every day again, conquer him again. No matter how advanced we become, no matter how much love for Krishna we'll develop, still we have to conquer him again by doing something extraordinary for him that he really likes. Hmm. So this is this this is the mood, you know, Aslishapadaratam Pinastamam. Okay, so there was the voice from the sky. Accepting the Lord's qualities and names as their only sorrows, solace, the devotees constantly remained in the company of Mother Sachi. Thereafter, Gorachana, the crest jewel of sannyasis, headed west while chanting the name of Hari. So Lord Chaitanya is somewhere else now, right? And he went west. Case of a Bharati walked in front of the Lord. Govinda walked behind the Lord. And Nichananda, Gadadhar and Mukunda walked along with the Lord. As the Lord walked like a maddened lion, millions of people followed behind crying. People shed tears and trampled down the forest as they came rushing from all directions. The Lord sincerely bestowed his mercy upon them. Return home and chant the names of Krishna. May Krishna Chandra become your wealth and life. May your bodies be filled with the mellows of love desired by personalities like Brahma, Shiva, and Sukadev. So now after sannyas, Lord Chaitanya began to give out the mercy to huge numbers of people. On hearing the Lord's benediction, everyone cried loudly as then they then returned to their homes. They appeared to be controlled by someone else. Gorachandra then entered the province of Radhadesh, which as a result of that good fortune is glorified even today. Another name, this is Sila Bhakti Siddhanta, another name for Radhadesh is Rasta Pradesh. It was a province situated far away from the administrations that controlled it. Radhadesh, situated on the western bank of the Ganges, was called Rasta Pradesh in Godapur, the capital of Bengal. So Rasta Pradesh gradually became Radhadesh, of course. You know, here they don't see it like that. Yeah. 
The land of Radhadesh was beautified with enchanting banyan trees in all directions. On seeing herds of cows in that beautiful natural setting, the Lord immediately became absorbed in ecstasy. The Lord began to dance and chant, Hari, Hari. Then all his servants surrounded him and performed Sankirtan. The hearts of all people in the world became purified on hearing the loud roaring of the Lord of Vaikuntha. In this way, the Lord made Radhadesh glorious by dancing in ecstasy on the various paths there. The Lord said, I will go to the forest where Vakreshwar is situated and, and stay there in solitude. After speaking in this way, the Lord proceeded on in ecstatic love. The devotees by, by Nichananda followed behind. On seeing the Lord's wonderful dancing and on hearing the wonderful kirtan, everyone came running. Although Sankirtan had never been performed anywhere in that province, and no one ever seen, ever, no one had, and no one had ever seen anyone shed tears of ecstatic love for Krishna, when people saw the Lord's wonderful crying, they fell to the ground, offering obeisances. Among them, there were a few most sinful people who asked, why does he cry so much? But now, by the Lord's mercy, even such people began to roll on the ground and cry as they remembered that display of love. The entire world was now singing the glories of Gorachandra. Only some ghostly haunted living entities did not. Know for certain that anyone who is averse to chanting the name of Sri Krishna Chaitanya is a sinful, ghostly, haunted person. In this way, the Lord of Vaikuntha danced in the mallows of ecstatic love while proceeding with the devotees. At the end of the day, the Lord came to one fortunate village and stayed in the house of one pious Brahmana. After, his, after accepting his meal, Mahaprabhu went to sleep. The devotees slept around him. When three hours of the night remained, the Lord left everyone behind and went some distance away. When the devotees finally woke up and were unable to find the Lord, they began to cry. The Lord searched throughout the entire village and eventually, sorry, the devotees searched throughout the entire village and eventually came to some vacant land outside the village. In that vacant plot, the Lord of Vaikuntha was loudly crying in the mellows of his own ecstasy. The Lord of all living entities shed tears as he called out, O Krishna, O Lord, O my beloved Krishna. The crest jewel of all sannyasis cried so loudly that the sounds could be heard two miles away. From a distance, the devotees heard the Lord's wonderful crying. So, there's a book called Sri Krishna Chaitanya, which is written by a disciple of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, who was a professor. He's known as Professor Sanyal. His, his initiated name was Bhakti Sudhakar. And uh, so, Professor Sanyal, he is describing what happened at the time of separation. And he's describing uh, how the first time that Nimai actually, uh, that this separation really manifested in him very strongly, was after the initiation he received in Gaya from uh, Iswarapuri. It's said that after Gaya, Gaya is in Bihar, which is, is, is a northern province. So from Gaya, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu walked back to Bengal and came into Bengal in the northern part of Bengal in the Malda district. And there in the Malda district is a place called Kanaya Natashala. It is very close to Ramakeli, which is the place where Rupa and Sanatan later 
resided. And there, Kanai Natashal is a very nice place, by the way. You can go there, actually. There is, uh, Iskon has a, has a small uh, temple there and a guest house. And it's right on the Ganga, and it's a very nice place. So in Kanai Natashala, uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sat down to chant the Gayatri Mantra because the initiation was, you know, he received the Gayatri Mantra at the time of initiation. So he was uh, sitting down to chant the Gayatri Mantra. Now Vaishnavas chant various Gayatri Mantras. And one of the Gayatri Mantras is known as the Gopal Gayatri, which basically describes Krishna in that Gopal Gayatri. So, as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was seated and chanting the Gopal Gayatri Mantra, he saw Gopal. He had the darshan of Gopal, and then Gopal disappeared. And thus, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw, he saw Krishna, and then Krishna disappeared. And then from that moment on, he was always looking for Krishna everywhere. And he had that mood of separation. Where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? Which is the mood of the, of the Vaishnavas. So the Vaishnavas are always like, where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? Somehow or other, this mood of separation was born. Um, so in our story, we see that Lord Chaitanya has gone to East Bengal, or to, to the northern part of Bengal, in the, near Ekachakra, actually, Radhadesh there where the Ganges doesn't flow. And, of course, gradually he is moving back. And Nichananda will uh, lead him back uh, to the house of, uh, of Advaita Acharya by some trick. Uh, because Lord Chaitanya is so ecstatic and then there's these Coward boys, and these coward boys, uh, Lord Chaitanya wants to go to Vindavan, so he asks the coward boys for the way to Vindavan. But he stands there like overwhelmed by ecstasy, so Nichananda takes advantage to the coward boys. You see that sannyasi? The boys say, yeah. The, then Nichananda says, he is strange, isn't he? The boys go, yes. Then Nichananda says, this sannyasi is not okay. So then, you know, the boys say, hmm, yeah. Then Nichananda says, you know, when he asks you for the way to Vrindavan, say that it's that way along the path on the Gangas. Then, when Lord Chaitanya asked, yes, they told him, ah, uidike, uidike. In Bengal, you have edike, oedike, and uidike. Edike means, dike means direction. This way is here, edike. Oedike is there, and uidike is very far. Uh, so the boys said, uidike, uidike. So you go, uidike. So then, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu walked on that path, and it's described in Chaitanya Charitamrita how he came to the river, thought it was the Yamuna, and jumped in, and this, that. And then Advaita Acharya came with the boat. Um, 
because his house was, house was just on the other side of the river. And then, you know, Bhajitadi said, Advaita Acharya, Acharya, what are you doing in Vrindavan? Advaita Acharya said, my lord, wherever you are is Vrindavan. Uh, and so on, and Advaita Acharya offered him dry cloth, and then slowly it began to dawn upon Lord Chaitanya that he had been cheated by Nichananda. But by then, Advaita Acharya said, it has been three days since you took sannyas, and you have not accepted any alms from anyone. So please give me the honors and accept alms in my house. We've just cooked a little rice and a little spinach just suitable for a sannyasi. You please come. So in this way, he took the Lord in the boat, took him to his house. Now I'm, for one moment, have to find what I Okay, so then Nichananda was sent to bring over, Nichananda went to bring over the Nichananda, Lord Nichananda was greatly intoxicated in the mellows of ecstatic love. He constantly roared loudly. Lord Nichananda was overwhelmed in ecstasy like an intoxicated lion. His pastimes are transcendental to all rules and regulations. Sometimes he would climb a kadamba tree and play enchanting melodies on a flute while standing in a threefold bending form. It is definitely transcendental. Climbing in trees and threefold bending form, playing his flute. Sometimes he would roll in the pasturing ground and sometimes he would drink milk from a cow like a calf. As he danced alone the entire way, he would lose external consciousness after drowning in an ocean of ecstasy. Sometimes he would sit in the middle of the road and cry in such a way that the heart of anyone who heard would break. Sometimes he would laugh loudly, and sometimes he would take off his clothes and wrap it around his head. Sometimes, in his own ecstatic mood as Ananta, he would float in the current of the Ganga, like a serpent, in the mood of Ananta. Nityananda Prabhu looked most enchanting as he continuously floated in the waters of the Ganga. The glories of Nichananda are inconceivable and incomprehensible. His compassion is unique within the three worlds. While floating in the Ganga, in this way, Nichananda Prabhu finally arrived at the Lord's bathing ghat in Navadvip. After controlling himself, Lord Nichananda went straight to the Lord's house. When he arrived, he found that Mother Sachi had been fasting for 12 days. She was surviving simply on the strength of her devotional service to Krishna. Mother Sachi was overwhelmed in the mood of Yasoda. She constantly shed tears of love from her eyes. Mother Sachi asked whomever she met, Are you from Mathura? Are you from Mathura? Huh? Please tell me, how are Krishna and Balaram? Speaking like this, she would fall unconscious to the ground. So it's really far out, like Mother Sachi, for 12 days she fasted and she just became completely, she forgot who she was. She went through the same feelings of separations as, as Mother Yasoda and, and she just became Mother Yasoda. And she just started to ask, you know, are you from Mathura? Are you from Mathura? Are you from Mathura? 
Are you from Mathura? Excuse me, are you from Mathura? How are Krishna and Balana? I mean, it's amazing. Huh? Please tell me, how are Krishna and Balana? Speaking like this, she would fall unconscious to the ground. Sometimes Mother Sachi would say, Is that the sound of the flute and horn? Has Akrura, a turn to, has Akrura returned to Vindavan? In this way, Mother Sachi drowned in an ocean of separation from Krishna. She lost all external consciousness. At that time, Nichananda Prabhu came there and fell flat at the feet of Mother Sachi. When the devotees saw Nichananda, they began to cry loudly. Mother Sachi lost consciousness as she repeatedly called out, My son, my son! No one knew who fell in which direction. Nichananda Prabhu embraced all the devotees and soaked their bodies with tears of love. Of love. Nichananda informed everyone of the auspicious news and said, Let us quickly go to see the Lord. The Lord has gone to Advaita Acharya's house in Shantipur. I've come to take you all there. All the devotees had been morose with feelings of separation from Lord Chaitanya. But when they heard Nichananda's words, they became joyful. Everyone became overwhelmed with ecstasy and an ecstatic tumultuous vibration of Krishna's names arose. From the day the Lord left to take sannyas, Mother Sachi had fasted. She had fasted completely for twelve days, surviving simply by the influence of Lord Chaitanya. On seeing her, Nichananda felt distressed at heart to pacify Mother Sachi, he sweetly spoke to. What confidential topics about Krishna are unknown to you? What do I know that I can tell you? Do not feel the slightest distress in your heart. Can the Vedas ever attain your mercy? He who is searched after by the Vedas is your son. He is the life and soul of everyone. With his hand to his heart, that same Lord has sworn to personally take all responsibility for you. The Lord has repeatedly declared that he will look after all your worldly and spiritual requirements. The Lord knows best what is beneficial for everyone. Therefore, you should simply surrender to him and live happily. Oh, Mother, satisfy all the devotees. Go quickly and cook for Krishna. There, everyone longs to eat food that has been cooked by you. When you fast, Krishna fasts. You should therefore cook and prepare an offering. I have a strong desire to eat. Hearing Nichananda's words, Mother Sachi forgot her lamentation and went to cook. After making an offering to Krishna, the pious Mother Sachi placed the offered foods before Nichananda. Thereafter, Mother Sachi served prasad to all the Vaishnavas. After satisfying everyone, she then sat down to eat. The devotees were greatly pleased when Mother Sachi broke her twelve-day fast. Then all the devotees happily prepared to accompany Nichananda to go see the Lord. The residents of Navadvip soon heard Gora Chandra's taken sannyas. When they heard this, his wonderful name, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, they all chanted the name of Hari and glorified him. In this book, Sri Krishna Chaitanya from Professor Sanyal, it is, he gives a, no, that's wrong, it's not in that book. It's in another book, it's in the book of Sadhananda. There is a book of Sadhananda Swami, a German sannyas disciple of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. Well, actually, that book is written by Walter Eidlitz, but it's the teachings of Sadhananda. And there he explains that the word Krishna Chaitanya actually means 
uh, he who gives life, Chaitanya means life, he gives life to the people who are like dead by giving them the name of Krishna, Krishna Chaitanya. He gives life to the people by giving them the name of Krishna, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. It's a very nice explanation of the name Krishna Chaitanya. So, um, anyway, this is a little bit uh, of, uh, of uh, what to say. Uh, yeah, a description about separation. So, uh, separation as, as is described as the topmost uh, as the topmost state of consciousness in, in Vaishnavism, in, in Bhakti. So that's, it, it, it remains difficult to, for us to, to deal with this. You know? I mean, separation seems miserable. Prince and princess are separated and, you know, the, but the fairy tale always ends with, and then they lived, you know, together, right? Happily ever after. And, you know, they, they get reunited at the end. So how is this? this? Separation seems agony. And we see that. We see that all these devotees, I mean, suicide is like, it's kind of, uh, you got to be in a pretty bad state, you know, when you start to think about that. Right? Uh, it's got it's to be seriously miserable. So they are very miserable when they all start to think of suicide. Uh, Mother Sachi is even, first he stands frozen like a statue, in shock, you know. Her son has left her and she just can't move. I mean, this is a drama. Right? This ain't, ain't no fun. This is no longer ecstasy. This is just terrible, right? Why does he have to leave like this, right? And is this the highest? Is, is this the highest that Krishna consciousness will bring you? Well, then I'm not sure if, if I want Krishna consciousness. I mean, do you? Huh? It's kind of intense, right? As she stands like a statue, and, uh, and then later on we find out that she didn't eat for, for 12 days. Maybe not even, even drank a drop. Sounds like that. She didn't even drink a drop either, but by the grace of Lord Chaitanya, still alive. Very intense, huh? Very intense. So, is this the topmost? You go to the Chaitanya Charitamrita and you go read about Lord Chaitanya and you read about when he gets ecstatic symptoms of separation. It's just like, I mean, he's also crying now and then, you know, joints in his body get loose and intense, intense, intense. Difficult to understand. Uh, yes, but it is said it is it is different than 
than separation in this world. Here in this world, when we experience separation, when the prince is separated from the princess and there is separation, uh, here the remembrance cannot fully satisfy. But Krishna is such that when you remember him, that that is so completely satisfying that that's fulfilling in itself. Therefore, one is separated from Krishna, then starts to remember Krishna, and the result is there is a remembrance of Krishna, and the result is the separation is gone, and one is ecstatic, like that. So although Mother Yasoda externally is like in that state, internally she just thought of, of the Lord with, with the deepest intense concentration and nothing else mattered. Mm. So that is, that's one point. Another point about this separation uh, is that uh, yeah, you know, we, we uh, have you ever felt have you ever gone through this thing where, where are my beats? Okay? You know what I mean? Where's my beat bag? Oh my god. Where are my beats? Oh gosh. And then you go through this whole mental exercise, right? Where was I? And you go, okay, in the prasadam room. Go back to the prasadam room. No, not there. Gee, maybe I hung them outside the toilet, you know what I mean? Could have left them there. No, they're not there. Did somebody take them? No, but can it be? Where else have I been? You know, where could I have left them? When did I see them last? You know? No, definitely. I mean, I had him at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. I had him. I had him at 8 o'clock, for sure, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? You're going through this, right? Desperately looking for the beads, right? And the, under the gunshot. <laughs> Gosh. Found my beads, right? Separation from the beads, right? But have we ever felt separation from the beats after completing 16 rounds? I mean, have we? Did we all bring our beats? Um, do you even carry the beats after, after the 16 rounds are over? I mean, you know, um, someone's beats were hanging on the doorknob and Prabhupada walked past and Prabhupada said, Whose beats are crying there? The point of the beats said, Whose beats are crying there? They were the beats of the GBC, actually, at the time. Bhagavan's beats. Yes. Um, so, yes, the beats are, uh, are close to us because we want to change. But we don't have such feelings of separation from our beat bag. <coughs> such deep feelings like the devotees of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they would even chant during prasadam in between bites. Right? So it's like serious chanting in between bites.
this separation comes when there's eagerness. When there's eagerness, one cannot bear a moment not in Krishna consciousness. It's not like I have to be Krishna conscious, you know, and uh, my computer is completely Krishna conscious. There's only Krishna conscious videos on it. I've seen them all 300 times and I'm really sometimes, you know, sometimes I just want to watch a movie. Maya, 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 how can you desire such a thing? Um, says the temple commander. This is totally uh, against the regulations, against the regulated principles. Movies are banned in this temple, not allowed. No. Only videos, bona fide, authorized videos, either ITV or, you know, videos directly, like, produced by devotees about Krishna. There was a time in Iskon when they used to burn books. I remember. I burned a few myself, actually. I confess. <laughs> yes. We would, when I was the temple commander, and I confiscated some books from the devotees' rooms. Maya, you know what I mean? It's like, this is fire. Take it and then burn it. You know, this book. What to say? Uh, the 80s were different than uh, than the new millennium, right? Ah, you know, it's a movie. Come on, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's okay. You know, it's like, yeah, don't be fanatic. You know, just a movie. It's no big deal. In fact, when I watch these movies, right, it doesn't make me any less Krishna conscious. Of course, some people take it further than a movie. Uh, one devotee told me, on my wife's birthday, we drank a bottle of wine. But we didn't feel any less Krishna conscious. My answer, no wonder you were drunk. <laughs> But what about the movies? I mean, let's get serious about it, because it is serious, you know what I mean? Movies ain't no joke, right? I mean, that's a serious thing, and we're talking about a serious thing now, and now let's get to the bottom of it. Can we watch movies, or can we not watch movies? That's what I would like to know. Hmm, oh well. Uh, yeah, but what if there are some scenes in the movies that are a little bit obscene, if you know what I mean, that are like not Krishna conscious. Prabhu, no problem at all. No problem. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything to me, those things, you know what I mean? Absolutely nothing. Yeah? I just watch it, and it's like, you know, just gross, gross animalistic things, you know. Doesn't, doesn't at all affect me. Nothing. All right. But I have a little doubt. Before Krishna consciousness, I read a book, so that's a long time ago, and I forgot the title of the book because it's too long ago. Uh, I mean, but it was a book about Gandhi, 
and uh, it was an interesting book. It was a book about Gandhi's movement and how they were on a mission. They were preaching and they were spreading uh, their beliefs and they were very, uh, very strict also in their personal behavior. They were uh, dressing in hand-woven cloth, they were having spinning wheel and making their own cotton. They were boycotting the British cotton. Uh, and what they, uh, one of the things they did, they were celibate. So one of the leaders in Gandhi's party had been celibate for over 20 years. But he was a married man. So separate bedrooms, right? But a political enemy was trying to corrupt this man by sending a prostitute. And the prostitute, sorry, prostitute came as a, uh, as a secretary to the office. So, you know, she did all the things that uh, prostitutes do, you know, she was, as she was taking notes, she just placed a leg on the table, right? And then she bent over, <laughs> making sure, you know, that he got like full darshan and everything. <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, <laughs> and it just went on and on, right? She made all the moves, you know, this gave it a side view front view, you know, do a few vibrations and, <laughs> and whatever, right? Uh, so, but that man, that man had his integrity. And that man, he, he appeared not to be affected. Because he never, never did anything. He just totally ignored the whole thing. But that night, that night, when he came home, for the first time, he went to the room of his wife, after 20 years. After 20 years, he went to the room of his wife. And that's, I, I read this story before I got to Krishna consciousness, but I, I never forgot it, because I thought it was, the point was really interesting. Namely, that the, uh, the agitation for lust happens in one situation and it comes out in another one. And I thought, that's a very important point. And I've always remembered it in my Krishna consciousness and I, I still remember it today. Uh, whatever agitation you take in today, you know, whatever goes in may not come out as it goes in, but it comes out somewhere else. So, in, in, uh, as far as the movies are, oh well, you know, uh, we're living in the new millennium, right? We're not living in the 80s. So, in, there's no uh, Hare Krishna in Gestapo uniform going around your lives to take out the things that are not bona fide. Sorry. You know, no one would with beat back in the hand and boots on will kick open your door and say, hand over those videos now. <laughs> no! <laughs> All right, here they are.
also that one. No, not this one. <laughs> that one also. Oh, gosh. It's not going to be like that. Uh -huh. It's not going to be like that. Um, we have to decide for ourselves. Um, because this is the era of individualism. Uh, now, you know, a few years ago, or quite some years ago, in, in the 90s, I did a seminar here in Radhadesh. Um, no, I should begin this story somewhere else. I was staying in a room that belonged to Krishna Ksetra, then not yet Swami. And there were all these academic books, and I was reading, you know, I like books, and I was reading 10 at a time. Right? Because I was staying in this room for a couple of days, so I had ten books open, reading a bit here, reading a bit there, and sort of skimming through them and finding some interesting little tidbits. And then I came upon this book from a professor named Charles Van Doren. Now, I heard of Van Doren before. There's, there's an interesting book called A Compendium of Western Philosophy by Adler and Van Doren. And it's like one of those, you know, if you're into weightlifting, that book might help you. <laughs> uh, but it's a really good book, Compendium of Western Thought, it's called. And uh, so I knew Van Doren as, as a substantial professor and saw this book from Van Doren and started reading it and just opened it in the middle somewhere. And I came to a chapter where he describes the... Uh, he describes... Uh, how a quick overview of Western philosophy, of Christian, Christian tradition. And he says, first there was an inaugurational period. Uh, the first few hundred years, Christianity was very fresh and the people were like great believers and they, did, uh, they were very convinced. Then it became very institutionalized and what we got next was the theocratic era. He said in the theocratic era, the, the church had a very strong grip on the situation. And one, if one was thinking a little bit too different, then there was always the stake, you know, where one could be burned or one could be banned. Or, so uh, you could think different, but not too different. And you had to know how much different you could think. And you shouldn't be thinking too different, or at least not show it. Yeah. So it was a time like that. Therefore, in the theocratic era, it was very important to know what is bona fide, Van Doren pointed out. Huh? Everyone was focused on to know what is bona fide, because then you could know how far away you could go from what is bona fide, but not too far. So, and then the next period that started was the Renaissance. And renaissance is, is a French word, really, and it means rebirth. So Van Doren asked the question, he said, what was reborn in the renaissance? He said, what was reborn in the renaissance was individualism. And then he begins to explain a renaissance, what a renaissance man is like. And he said, the renaissance man has to have his own opinion about everything. A Renaissance man is his own man. 
Therefore, a Renaissance man can never accept anything unless he believes it himself. He cannot just accept anything on hearsay. Therefore, a Renaissance man is to investigate everything per personally, and therefore a Renaissance man knows more than average about everything. Well, as I was reading this chapter, I suddenly thought, my God, ISKCON is in the Renaissance. I think we had all this, we had the inaugurational period, you know, oh yes, you know, Brahmananda, Yamuna, you know, Guru Das, these personalities from the early, early days, you know, adventures with Prabhupada, Matchless Gift, Tomskin Square Park, and you know what I mean, or London, you know, Malati living in a cardboard box in the garage, you know, uh, with the baby as having her own room, you know, luxury, uh, yeah, private room, you know, a big cardboard box in a garage. That's where she stayed, with the baby. Uh, so, or in Paris, Umapati sleeping under the bridge. Right. So those were the days, or later Tamal Krishnamaraj as a Grihasta going to Paris, and then they had one room for all the devotees, the men and the women, and they made a blanket through the middle of the room. And on one side of the blanket was the Mataji Ashram, and the other side of the blanket, the Brahmachari Ashram. And that was it. So, I mean, those early, early days, the inauguration, the inaugural period, but then it became very institutionalized, in a way. Oh, and the 80s was maybe like that. But then came the, uh, yeah, then after the, Zonacharyas were not so successful then and had their personal problems. Then we returned to individualism. People, you know, before, in the 80s, there, I, I had one difficulty, and I'll tell you what it was. Um, my authorities told me, don't think, do as you're told. And now I have a difficulty with that. I'm Dutch, and Dutch people are rebellious, very much so, and freedom lovers, right? And it just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It's like, I can't stop to think, so I, I found it difficult, and I, was, I escaped to India, where, where it was, was like pioneering, and they left you alone. Anyway, mm. but so Iskon also went from that that very institutional period to a period of individualism. Therefore, should we watch movies? Should we not watch movies? Should we watch movies? Should we not watch movies? Should we watch movies? Should we not? Should we? So an extra button. So you know what to do now? It's entirely up to the individual. That's the answer these days. And with that, good luck.
You are now in the new millennium. Welcome. The Gestapo days are over. Don't worry. Don't worry. No one, at least not in this part of the world, nobody will, you know, will hound you. Nobody will get on your case. Well, do as you like. I came in as a guitar player, right? And like I used to play eight hours a day before, and I wasn't bad. Yeah. And then, you know, they told me, guitar, guitar is Maya, Prabhu. Guitar is Maya. You see that shape of the guitar? Brahmacharis don't play guitar. No guitar. Now the days of now. It's it's up to the individual. Fine. But going back to this mood of separation, the mood of separation is a mood of very intense, intense appreciation for everything related to Krishna. And therefore, every moment that it's not so Krishna conscious, one is experiencing separation. Every moment that Krishna is not completely in the center and not completely being worshipped, then one is feeling like, oh, you know, where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? And so a mood of separation is one always looks for this intense experience. You know what I mean? Sometimes we have. We have a kirtan, not just like little practicing, but a real kirtan where we just, just go into it deep, right? And we just chant and we forget. We just forget ourselves. We forget the time. We just, just you know... The holy name begins to carry us and we just chant just again and again that the name of the Lord. Then on the cutting edge, intense, so this, this basically the spirit of separation means to be on the cutting edge always, always intensely absorbed with Krishna. So that's where these later verses of the Sikshastak are going and that's where our yeah, our, our kirtan should be going, right? I mean, eventually, in this life, maybe not, not, not now, in the Course, or maybe yes, also in the Course. Um, but whatever, that's the idea of the Course anyway, to deepen our absorption. Right? Okay, we learn the instruments so that, that we can just play them and forget about them. And again, this, you know, we don't have to think about it anymore, you know. That comes later. Mm -hmm. That's 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 much later. First, change, 
Anyway, so this, 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 it gives us maybe a better handle on this separation concept and to do something with it for ourselves because when it's all crying tears and devotees like getting to the point of suicide, okay, it's nice, but uh, you know, it's like uh, personally, personally, I don't like suicide. I'm not so into it. You know, it's just, it's just yeah. different folks, different strokes. It's not my thing. You know? When I see a window, I never had a feeling like I want to jump out of the window. I don't have that, you know, these kind of things. Razors, you know, <laughs> shave my face with them, but my wrists, no, not really. You know? I mean, sorry, not, uh, not attractive. Cut my wrist, ouch, that hurts. No thanks. Uh, not attracted. Suicide. But to make to take Krishna consciousness to the cutting edge uh, and to go beyond like some sort of external practice, I can relate to that. That I can relate to. To just make it yeah, make it rich and full by putting in lots of energy, by putting in everything you have. You know, not like a cooking for Krishna, you know, meanwhile, watching TV. That's not the same. Yeah? That's not the same. For Krishna, you can't really cook them. For Krishna, really make it something extraordinary. Flame not too high, flame not too low. Now the spices go in the ghee. Okay, the ghee should not be too hot, it should not smoke before the spices go in. All right, now the ghee is on, yes, it's hot. It's warmed up, but there's no smoke coming from it. Okay, throw in the spices. Stir them a bit so they equally run. Brown, not black. Right? Roast them brown. Okay? Be careful because they roast a little more. So have the veggies ready, you know, and then like, okay, they're brown. <sighs> Throw this. Throw them in the jar. Stir it well now because otherwise still the bottom spices are turning brown. Okay, a little perspiration here. <laughs> okay. Yes, did it, did it, did it. Okay. Little hot. Because there's no need to fry the haldi in the ghee. No? The turmeric you don't fry in the ghee. Then you just burn it. That's pointless, you know. It's easy to throw it in before. No, but then you burn it. Not this time. Oh, okay. Now, let the vegetables just stir fry for a moment on the high flame. Then, turn the flame down low and put a lid on top in the wok and let the vegetables simmer in their own juice. Do not add water. Let them cook in their own juice. Oh, yeah. Anything can go on like that. You know. It's for Krishna. Gotta be the best. Yeah. Of course, I, mean, I used to cook here actually in 19... 
80, I was somehow or other back from India and I was here for a few months because at the time my former wife, she wasn't well, she was here, she needed some medical treatment and I cooked for the deities. But then at the end, you get caught, you know, and there's the flying puri, right? The puri that you just like, you rolled it, you throw it in the ghee, and it flies out on the other side like a balloon puri. <laughs> and it looks beautiful. It looks perfect. It's golden brown, and it's like cooked. Just, <laughs> and put it on the plate. Tastes horrible, because it's not cooked inside. Because you didn't properly cook it, so you kept it. I'm a little low, but you've made the ghee so hot that it just like flies through <laughs> and then it's on the plate. Looks like a great puri. The offering looks beautiful. You know, put the bowls, put a few slices of cut orange in between, and nicely put like the balloon puris. Tulsi, tulsi, tulsi. Okay. Put your Take it away. In time, hurry up. to give it our best is one thing. To give it our everything, what we have, that will bring us to the cutting edge. That's what we see in great devotees. It's just amazing. Huh? Like Jaipataka Maharaj, it's just like, is he ever going to stop? Right? Is he ever going to stop? We're all looking at him. Come on, Maharaj, you're, you're ill now. It's okay. You can just stop. <laughs> can we tire now? It's okay. He'll never stop. Never. He won't stop. He'll just go on. Such a desire. He lives on the cutting edge. Stretching himself. live on the cutting edge. Cutting edge kirtan. Since this is a kirtan course. Okay, let's take our break. How about till quarter to twelve? Or quarter to one, sorry. That's it. That's good. I can bring different. The other one. one. What happened to the other one? Yeah, where is it? Still there? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That one. Still in that room? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's okay. It's nice. 
just that uh, there's not much air going to the to the reeds. Yeah, yeah. small ones. Yeah. You get, you get, or she will go. Who will get? He wants to do. It. <laughs> yeah. So fast life. Huh? Are they okay? My glasses. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, if this is what you kind of, if they're all right, I'm trying to do something. Well, otherwise it gets a little. It's a long session, you know. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I mean, the Chaitanya Bhagavat is really something. I mean, Mother said she, she just becomes your soul, you know? <laughs> it's just amazing. Huh? Yeah, isn't it far out? I'm just like, I'm blown out when I eat that, you know, that she becomes that's your soul. You go like, whoa. She just walks around, she's going, are you from a tour? What a play can you do, huh? In that, you know, it's, it's just... It's, it's complete drama, you can just visualize it so much, Chaitanya Bhagavat, it's just, it's right there, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, then I thought, well, Sikshastakam gives us like, see, Sikshastakam gives you a pro progression, you know, like, like, it gives you a framework and you gradually go from purification up to ecstatic chanting and then, so then we have that as a, a sort of a, f a frame of reference and then fill it in with stories and a little and a few reflections and then at the end throw in some Q&A. Bob's your uncle, Jock Dunlap. She'd be right. <laughs> That's a course for you right there, man. <laughs> yeah. Chewing up a seminar for you. Yeah. All on the day's work. Oh, Australia, man. I'm down in Australia. A couple times a year in Australia. Every year. I'm down on the back. Yeah, fair thinking. True blue, dinky die. How long is your whole course going? Until the end of August. Till the end of August. You're starting?
interested. And we just bring in some philosophy. teach you how to play harmonium, they of course teach you, they probably teach you the Indian way. Mm, sorry, no. Okay, sorry. Yeah. No. yeah. Forget about that now. <laughs> 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 it's not, chords also work. Very, uh, very nice. Like mm -hmm. 
Some people play a lot with chords, like Niranjan Maharaj completely plays chords, mm. but really like very cool and good. Uh, maybe it's like like something. That's a great tune, right? And mm. it's totally in chords. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it should. He already got a cloth. Anyway, two cloths. Yeah, two cloths. This one is. Sorry. That's cool, the man. Okay, yeah. So, where do you live then? Not in Chile. Um, I live in Chile. You live in Chile? Yes, but I took one year off. Para venir acá. Para venir acá. And then to Mayapur. Ah, sí. ¿Tú te vas a Mayapur? Yes. Adelante del viaje. Este año. Sí, después de este curso. Ah, después de este curso. Sí. Sí, sí. Para poder ver a Guru Maharaj. Y para hacer el batillaje. Sí, sí, yo voy también a este, este tiempo. Y soy un, uh, un profesor de batillaje. Ah. Entonces soy allá. Ah, Teaching next to devotion.
it's like these kind of uh, tunes also work. They should, so the chords have their uh, application also. And if you know the chords, it's like nice because. Yeah, I've got yeah, if you know some chords, then you wind up in a chord. See, you're like, for example, I can go like... Sounds like a church approach. But if we combine a little uh, melody with a chord, then it does create more rhythm. If you want some rhythm in your, in your, uh, at one point, if you want to pick a pace, then a little chord can help, like I was just showing in the, uh, where was it now? styles in, 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 in ISKCON and I remember that like uh, of course first there's Vishnijan right the the uh, the original super kirtan leader the, the star of the days and then Bibi uh, uh, Govinda Swami used to be a yoga party and he was like he wasn't doing sit-down kirtans in those days. He was wild. He was like, 
uh, he would sometimes play the one person on the floor, during the kids, like that. Uh, he was always strong, like he is now stronger, and he would take the bodies and by the cloth and spin them around and throw them. Left and right. I mean, they were. <laughs> he was wild. Uh, Ravinder Sarup actually, in, in an article about Navadvip Mambo Parikrama in, in Back to Godhead, if you go back to uh, maybe 87 somewhere, or maybe just after, 90, I think 90. Then you'll find articles from Ravinder Sarup, and, and there he describes how there are certain Kirtan leaders that remind me of the, of the football player in school, you know, American football, <laughs> who would just like, you know, go after you, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, with this baby going this well. So he was also a, a very famous Kirtan leader all along. Uh, there were very powerful uh, Kirtan leaders. And some Kirtan leaders, they, uh, they really had an influence on the Kirtan style in ISKCON. Like, for example, uh, Vyasaki, right? Vyasaki brought this... That was like, okay, now this was the hit in the, in the early 80s, like 1981 in Vrindavan, right? I mean, upstairs in the Brahmacharya Ashram, the room is packed, 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 packed. The devotees sit on the veranda outside. Inside is Vyasaki with his super Madanga players from LA, Puspadanta, uh, and like they would do Guru Pujas, and Vyasaki would grab the microphone stand in his hand and run up and down with it while the drummers would do synchronized flyovers on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were like, you know, that was, that was a craze, you know, and, and for a while, for quite a number of years, uh, behind Vyasaki, Vyasaki had spent a lot of time in Bangladesh. So he learned all these Bangladeshi tunes, right, which he started to bring in. And then behind him came the Bangladeshis, and Krishna Kirtan from Bangladesh became very famous. And Krishna Kirtan from Bangladesh brought us in Mongolarti. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ramo, which now has sort of become. Well, in my fourth standard and around the world, it pops up quite a bit. 
Um, so that came in from there. Meanwhile, in Vrindavan, right, in uh, 1987, Ayendra started, and he started together with Nitai. Uh, Nitai was from Maharashtra, and it was like very good. Of course, Lokanath Maharaj made certain things famous, and Lokanath Maharaj is still uh, like, you know, it's like one of these le living legends, right? Uh, he was always uh, a legendary Kirtan leader, um, and he had his impact on tunes. But back to Ayindra. Ayendra had like a great uh, impact uh, in terms of kirtan and like no one ever became as famous as, as he did. Although certain tunes like this Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna is still a standard Harinam tune like this and it came from Vyasaki. Uh, but Ayendra tunes became Ayendra somehow or other became the inspiration for many people and it changed the style of Kirtan very much because we got into Raga, we got into sitting down, we got into slow Kirtan. Before that, first of all, we never sat down. I can't remember that we sat down. Kirtan meant you stand up and you sit down during Radhamadam. Otherwise, some were singing Yasamatinam, but usually we were standing up and we were doing that one. Uh, did we ever sit down? Vajahule Mana Srinandana Abhayacharana Vindrade. Some devotees did a few of these kind of bhajans. But no one would sing, sit down and chant Hare Krishna. That was, was, was other than Vyasaki, uh, but he, okay, he would jazz it out on harmonium, and then everyone else would sort of stand up. But when Ayinda came, it was a new culture, a culture of sitting down, and that has now become a very uh, predominant culture. And uh, then, of course. Uh, Madhava came out of that school, but with his own identity, right? very much so. Because uh, he is, uh, he was first a drummer. And even when he's playing harmonium, he's like a drummer. I mean, because it's the rhythm that is the strength of the whole thing. It's not like that he does a lot of, he doesn't use the full scale. He just stays like with a, with a few, uh, a few notes, really. Relatively simple, but nice melodies and kind of real mood makers, deep meditation, and intricate finger techniques, rhythmic, that like, and he never makes a mistake in playing one note that too much or too little, and it's like transitions are all perfect. He's a drummer, right? It's like just perfect in. And this way, you know, it's all this. And he can keep a 
tempo and put it like and turn it up like very very slow never falling back never you know it's like very difficult you do a rhythm and you get a little tired and sort of <coughs> goes down a bit and give it another push but not 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 it's just it's like turning on a, a turning switch that very slowly is turned off from minimum to maximum each So it has, a, it has a very deep meditative effect. Um, but yeah, there are, and, uh, and of course, Sachinanda Maharaj really drove the Kirtan Melas in a big way and created like, did a lot to create Kirtan culture and harnessing what came from Ayindra and after Ayindra's departure, the whole Kirtan wave and all over the world and so on. And, uh, well, with that, I'm, I'm kind of uh, thought give you a quick history of Iskong Kirtan. Uh, I didn't mention yet Sri Pallad, but you have to because Sri Pallad is also someone who really had like a, you know, a stamp on, on, on what Kirtan was. Right? First of all, uh, a bit of reggae, right? a few reggae rhythms and street kirtan, the accordion, you know, the eternal accordion, which is nowadays often there on the street. Street Pallad, so many tunes uh, of Street Pallad are there. Uh, the tune I just did, Hare Krishna, yes, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna Hare Hare. So many classical tunes and uh, came out of the whole Poland, the whole school and it's like still completely alive and there are lots of people who do Sri style kirtan on the street. So these schools continue to exist. Sri school of Russia, it's like, you know, I just was in these Ratiatras in Munich and Prague with a uh, with a Russian uh, Sankirtan, a Ukrainian party actually, Ukrainian. And uh, the whole, it's, it was completely Sri every every tune they played. Good. Same. Same movement. <laughs> but, so yeah, that's very nice. We have our chariots like that and schools, right? Well, the same thing happened after Sri uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in, in Bengal. Uh, last year in this course, I, I spent time on, on this. Uh, what I'm doing now is actually give you a few highlights of what I did last year. And uh, one thing I looked at was Banglapedia. There's a website called Banglapedia and you can look at, at it yourself. And uh, it, is, uh, it is meant to give information about the, the history and functioning of Bangladesh and so on. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of, there's a bit of Islam propaganda in there. But you type in Kirtan in the, in 
Bangapedia, and this huge thing comes up. There's a lot of information about Kirtan, and it's interesting information because basically, if you read that, you can see how in Bangladesh, uh, Kirtan became the folk music, so much so that even although there's a Muslim government, right, and they basically don't like Hinduism, they try to kind of <coughs> erase <coughs> the Hindu <coughs> history. This is all over the website. And they describe how there are different styles of kirtan. They describe a lot about the kirtan. For example, they describe Naratam's kirtan. Yeah? And they describe how different villages started to develop, different schools. And, uh, it's, it's quite interesting. If you're really fired up about researching that, which I was, and then what I did is I looked at, they named some schools, and then I researched those schools on YouTube to see if I could find some samples of it. And I did find, I did find. Last year I even showed some. Yeah, this year you're missing out on two, I was too lazy. And I don't like to do the same thing twice. You know, it's boring for me as a teacher. You know, I have to do what I did last year. So it feels like did that already. So you didn't get that. But it was interesting because I remember there was one video and um, the Bangladeshi Kirtan, then you have the Manipuri Kirtan, which is like, you know, that whole Eastern Indian <coughs> aspect. And it's, it's, it's very close. So they have a lot of, they have Lila Kirtans also. And there was one Kirtan which I found which was describing the whole life of Narutam Das Thakur. And it goes something like, Narutam Thakure, Amar Prabhu Sange, Stuff like this, right? Uh, Alaps, uh, long drawn out notes. Now, you may not speak Bengali, so we'll miss a little bit of the fun. I happen to speak some Bengali, so I uh, was uh, able to, I could understand it. It was actually uh, a very nice appreciation of of all the pastimes of Naratam and how he went into the river where the praying had been deposited by Lord Chaitanya and how he got that praying. Go round it, pray. Like completely like five minutes pray. <laughs> uh, it's interesting to see this, uh, yeah, this whole Kirtan. So, you can, can look at it yourself. On YouTube you will find uh, Manipuri Kirtan, Bangladesh Kirtan, and Bangladesh you'll find different things. So as after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu there was a whole culture of Kirtan <coughs> developing, now it will also continue to develop. Uh, 
So Srila Prabhupada told uh, Vishnu John that he could make his own tunes. So that was like uh, interesting. And they did. And the devotees also took, took tunes from the uh, from existing songs. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. We all live in the hills of But that was okay. So <clears throat> even even some of the tunes that we play are having root uh, having roots in Bollywood, what can I say? This Radhadesh was a castle which was built for someone's sense gratification. 
So what's wrong with that? So why? What's wrong? That composer made a nice, a beautiful tune, and now we have purified it, and, and the original will be forgotten one day, but this one will continue to live. And it's used for the pleasure of Krishna. It's okay. Not only is it a raga, is it a raga? Uh, about raga, about raga, it says in scripture, it is mentioned that every living entity has its own raga. That's really interesting. Yeah? So it's not that some people can sing and some cannot. Everyone. Only some people can sing ragas that others can also sing, and some people can only sing their own ragas. Right? But, you know, so no one is tone deaf in that sense. Everyone has his own raga. Right? Oh, um, it says that 16,108 ragas are spiritual. And these ragas were, were sung by the 16,108 gopis came also into this, into this world. Um, <clears throat> many of the ragas that are known as classical ragas are ragas that have been made over the last few hundred years. So as if you actually study, I was reading a book on musical history and uh, they gave names of who made which raga and so on. And of course, one very famous personality is Tan Sen. Tan Sen was, uh, was uh, protected by Akbar and was his court musician. And Tan Sen was just absolutely an amazing singer. When Tan Sen was singing, everyone just felt completely touched, you know, like deep emotions and so on. So, at one point, Akbar passed a rule and he said, in this kingdom, no one can sing, only Tan Sen can sing. So then, uh, there was actually Tan Sen was also known as Gopal Nayana, Gopal Nayana, uh, Gopal Nayana, uh, or Nayana, what is this? Nayana, Gopal Nayana, I guess. And he was, uh, which is a Hindu name, so he was from a Hindu Brahmin family actually, uh, but became uh, protected by the Muslim court. So. Uh, there was a, a contemporary who was, Tan Sen actually learned it from Haridas in Vrindavan. Haridas, not our Haridas Thakur, but there is a famous Haridas, a musician Haridas, who, uh, who, who lived also uh, around the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, a little bit before and who started like a uh, music school of Kirtan and so on. So it is said that 
several of his disciples. One other one was Baiju. And Baiju was also an incredible singer. Incredible singer. So when Akbar passed the order that only Tan Sen could sing, then Baiju defied that order. And Baiju was singing. So then Baiju was brought before the king and said, How dare you sing? Don't you know that I've passed an order that only Tansen can sing? It's like, why? Why? Why only Tansen can sing? How do you know that he is the only one who can sing? Maybe there is someone else who can sing. Oh, can you sing? Said. Then Baiju said, I am ready to, uh, to challenge Tan Sen to a contest. And you, your majesty, you will be the only, the, the only one in the audience and you will be the only judge. We will chant, we will sing in the forest. said, but I have one condition. I want many garlands. I want many garlands. So then the contest took place. And Tan Seng was asked to sing first. And as Tan Seng sang, it was just, it was just inconceivable. Everyone was, well, the whole forest was just, Affected by this kirtan and all the animals, all the animals in the forest, they just came near. The birds came near. The deers, they were just drawn in and the deers just, the deer just stood there at the edge of the forest. Just like listening to the kirtan. So, Abba was seated there and looked at Baiju. Then, Baiju took over and Baiju began to sing. And all the deer and all the animals in the forest that were still there, they all came. They all came. They came forward and they came to Baiju. And they all bowed down. And then Baiju, with one hand, would all give them a garment. this way. He was like, they were in that mood of like, his singing uh, awoke the devotion in the animals uh, and just brought out like a mood of devotion. All the singing was actually glorifying the Lord, the whole thing. Both were glorifying the Lord, nothing else. Uh, uh, so, Tansen attracted them, but like Baiju actually made them bow down in devotion to the Lord, and then he accepted them as Vaishnavas and offered them, offered them garments like that, accepted them as devotees. So then, Baiju would also sing after that. That's that. So that's.
that's uh, a little bit of history about some of the uh, culture that was there. Uh, because the king started to protect, uh, a lot of the uh, musical art went into the, the, the Muslims. Right? The Muslims started to take over. And actually, you'll find that a lot of classical Indian music is, is, is sung by, by Muslims now. And uh, Govinda Maharaj, Bibi Govinda Maharaj, uh, he told me about some, some Sufis. And there's this Sufi kirtan right, from about 1930. Just amazing, amazing. He said, like, this is incredible. I listened to it. It was very, I mean, all classical kind of singing, but, uh, and glorifying Allah. Right? But, phew, amazing kirtan. So it's interesting how this whole culture, I think it's interesting, is there. Of course now Kirtan is where it belongs, with Krishna, glorifying Krishna. Uh, when Mahaprabhu came, then Kirtan reached its essence, the Supreme Personality of God. So there will be a lot of Kirtan growing in our movement. and. Uh, Different people have different styles, and uh, I also have a style, which is my style, okay, too. I guess I'll, I'll never really find myself in someone else's style, uh, because, and then I also, before Krishna Consciousness, as I told you, I used to, Taiki Time used to write songs, so I used to make melodies, so I still make melodies, so I want to sing one of my melodies now and invite you to try it out.
So uh, with that, you know, what to do? We'll have more kirtan this weekend. And uh, uh, I'm sure we're going to, on stage there, use our, uh, meet each other again. Yeah, ultimately, Kirtan has to be glorification of Krishna with the heart, from the heart. And nothing can replace that. So I hope my talk was okay for the last few days. Sastakam was our, our structure, our anchor in the presentation with the idea that uh, we see a clear progression as I simply depicted it. We slowly go from one leg onto the other, from the material leg onto the spiritual leg, slowly from being a resident of the material world, from a particular place to a, you know, a particular birth, a particular country, a particular age, we are going into not only you're not this body, your eternal spirit soul, but going into your eternal servant of Krishna. And we develop gradually that identity as an eternal servant of Krishna. And in this way, uh, seeing that Vasudev Salamiti, that Krishna is everything. There's, you know, only the, the only thing that's worth any anything is Krishna and service to Krishna, glorification of Krishna, and this way we chant, feeling sorry that it's time to stop. <laughs> so of course I can do like a Bhakti Dijipuri Swami trick. They said, Maharaj, your classes are too long. So what he does now is, okay, he says, what time does the class have to be finished? Nine o'clock, Maharaj has to be finished. Then he says, then it's nine o'clock. Then he says, okay, the class is finished. The class is finished. So I'll do the same. The class is finished.
think in PDU from Poseidon, is it? Maybe nothing left if it keeps it too long. There is still something for us. Rise and some darling. So I thank you. Yeah. Yeah.